Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Uh, welcome to the Real Football Show on Triple M. Johnny and Val bringing you the show today. Big week in Australian football. Big news along the A-Leagues as well. We're going to get through all that. But first, welcome to the show, Val Migliaccio. Mate, good to have you back. Thanks, Johnny, and uh, it's Migliaccio. Migliaccio, sorry, mate. <laughs> I love uh, coming here for a, uh, a language lesson. It's uh, always fun. Uh, but uh, coming up in the show today, uh, we've got some uh, great guests as well. We've got a former LA United legend in Casio and also created a history on the weekend with the first father-son duo to play in the A-League and also for LA United with his son Bernardo making his starting debut for the Reds in the FFA Cup. And later on, we'll be joined by Danny Townsend, uh, the, the managing director of the Australian Professional Leagues and also the C- CEO of Sydney FC. And we're going to talk to him about the, uh, the big news in Australian football, which a lot of people are saying it could change Australian football, uh, the future of Australian football here. And uh, it's going to be huge, the unified A-Leagues. So we can't wait to talk mm. about that. But uh, let's go straight into that, Val. The A-Leagues, it's all um, one now, A-League men, A-League women, and A-League youth. What's yep. your take on it? A great idea, and, and it should have happened from day one. Um, yep. it, it is, because it really is the A-League for, for women, the, the most professional A-League for men, the most professional, and obviously the youth league, not professional, but the highest tier of yep. the youth league in Australia. It's not brand new, even though apparently social media is going wild and goes brand new around the world, where it's not. You, it's, it's happening in Germany. It's happened in Germany for a long time. Yep. Where they call the Bundesliga. The Frauen, Bundesliga Frauen is, is for the word for women. Yep. Or woman in German. And the Serie A in Italy. They've got Serie A but men, Serie A women. Is it the first though that uh, the men's league has called themselves A-League men? Is that the first time? Because oh, I haven't, I don't recall any other, like the Serie A Yeah, men. and I don't see the big deal. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to di- differentiate uh, I'm trying to spit that word out. <laughs> so if you're going to write Adelaide United played Brisbane Raw in the A-League yep. and you don't put the word men or women, people will probably realise the first time you mention a player's name. Just yep. say, for example, it's... Uh, Troisi or... Well, James Troisi yeah. doesn't play for Adelaide, but but James. And hopefully James, or you might get James as a girl. So you've yep. got to differentiate by putting women or men in yep. there. But I think that's I what the aim see, is. I don't see the big deal. Yeah, well, I think it's a it's a great step forward for Australian football. Yeah, Bring I all, just all see it one as banner. something which should have been corrected a long time ago. Absolutely, because uh, saying the W League, people were a bit confused. But I think it's all under one. It's great for the women's game, and now I think it's a great step forward. And I can't wait to chat to Danny. Um, what the next step? Yeah. looks like for um, the women's football. The logo football. cap copped a lot of uh, heat. It did. <laughs> it's, it's already started memes as well. So it was a. Uh, Hey, that's the culture we live in at the moment. Memes and uh, um, yeah. all, all well, there's, a, there's an Adelaide building company. I think the, the they've changed the actual, their logo. The it's, it's chief very... of the company changed his logo <laughs> to the new A League logo, and it's quite easy to do on your keyboard if you've got a keyboard on your phone. And internet. it's great because I've already seen people change their Twitter handles to uh, dot and then the backward slash as well. So uh, it's it's great. It's um I, I like the idea of the uh, thing. It's easy to draw. Kids can draw the logo at school. Mm. I like it. It's growing on me. Um, but I think it's like we said, first uh, best uh, 
step forward for the yeah, Australian football. Yeah, it's a good football. piece of marketing, but now obviously you know the rest has to all come into line. The the production, the actual quality of the games, all that sort of stuff, and and reporting. Absolutely. Do you reckon the A League youth not starting this year is going to hurt a little bit? Because there's, there's talk yeah, well, the youth league. How many games were played over the last two years? Eight youth yep. league. It's not even worth having. Yeah. Well, we can ask Danny that. Yeah. Do you reckon? For, for, in my opinion, there's there's no there's no good reason to have a youth league. If you're going to have eight games of the season. They need to be a good reserves league and play as many games as the women and the men. Mm. If you're going to have like a a second tier, yep. it needs to be reserves. Yep. And at the moment, it's not reserves. The reserves are the NPL. And most of the clubs have got NPL clubs yeah. scattered right around Australia. But they're playing at different times of the season, so it doesn't make any sense either. So the calendars of the NPL, State League 1 and 2 here in SA, and the A-League, men and women, needs to be totally aligned. And that's where I think we're going to run in a little bit of trouble. Do you reckon uh, they'll need, with the W League, they're trying to aim to get to the um, all teams having a W League team? Oh, sorry, um, A-League women's team, sorry. Um, they're all aiming to get, uh, all have their own A-League women's team as well as A-League men. Mm. Do you reckon they should play this exact same fixtures and do it as double headers across the whole league? If they can, but it comes down to TV. Um, yep. Ground availability, you look at where we live, Hindmarsh Stadium. Yep. There's only one, two change rooms there, so you couldn't. You can't well, there's going to be. There's about to be four. Yeah, there's about to be four. There was four years ago, then yep. they got it back to two. But then, yeah, it, it would probably be ideal. Yep. And and you could rearrange who's going to be the curtain raiser, who's going to be the main game. You could have, yeah. like, you know, the, the curtain raiser could be the men's team, then the main game would be the women's team. That'd be but unreal. It'd be ideal. And then, you know, people see two games for the price of one ticket, hopefully. Yep. That'd be unreal. And uh, Monday night. You're talking off here. You you sat down to watch ABC. What was your take on the Four Corners? Uh, the Four Corners report. Um, yeah, they, there was a. They called it investigation. Investigation. An investigation is the A League clubs and ownership. Um, Melbourne City was targeted. Brisbane Raw and Sydney FC. All the owners were targeted, and Adelaide United had a little bit of a sprinkling. Melbourne City City Football Group from the UAE. They've delved into the past, talk about what's happened in the past and, and activity and stuff like that. And I think if, if you're going to do a story, you need to, need to have balance. Mm. And the City Football Group and the UAE and everything that they own have poured millions of dollars into sport in Australia. Yep. Not only just the Melbourne City Football Club, but Eddie Had Stadium. Mm. Okay. They're major sponsors of some big, yep. big sports tournaments in Australia and they're pouring money and they're pouring money into to build facilities for Melbourne City. So I thought the balance wasn't there. Yep. Need to balance it. So they're doing this, but counter it with don't, – don't counter it. Just give the factual stuff out. Yep. Sydney FC, I didn't see the issue there. Well, I, I didn't see any issue at all with the ownership. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Brisbane Raw – They've again. They've gone back on old ground, and it's information that everybody knew. And okay, okay. The the Backries had a, had a bit of history, but yep. I didn't see the point of that story either. I was going through Twitter, and what the re- What's the reasoning? Because you you're saying that you don't know the reason why those two teams were brought up in the um in this investigation. Well, I mean, if if it's an investigation, I I, I fail to see. What it, it was all about, and yep. okay, we we know the history about Brisbane Raw. 
they're, they're plodding along and hopefully they'll get themselves back up to where they were a decade ago. Sydney FC, and that, that blew, blew me out of the water. Sydney FC, I couldn't see anything wrong with it. Yep. So you had the chairman or the owner had, you know, close ties with Putin. Yep. Well, the question lies in the show, though, but what's the timing of this, this TV show? What's the reasoning behind it? Because there's no, nothing that's actually happened in the last, um, yeah. in the last few months that's actually no, it's not wa- new. warranted it's, it. It's not new. And, and I'm thinking it's not you. But, like, with Adelaide United's ownership, I think they need to come out and say who owns the club. I could let you talk about this all day, Val, but we've got a big show to get through still. Let's go straight into our very first interview of the show, the one and only legend of Adelaide United Football Club, Cassio. Wusu won the header. Cassio. Not before time. Delivers a peach. His crossing's been substandard for a player of his quality. His general movement, not effective, but his finish here. Out of the top draw. Right now, we're chatting with LA United legend and also played for Flamengo FC in Brazil. We're chatting with Cassio. Mate, good to have you on the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. No. Good to be here with you guys. It's good to have you, mate. And uh, on Sunday, you created history, or your son did as well, being the very first ever father-son duo in the A-League and for Adelaide United. Bernardo was in the starting 11 in Adelaide United's FFA Cup game. What was that like for you, mate, as a, a proud dad? Yeah, well, being honest, uh, I didn't know that was that was the first, first combo ever. So, yeah, that, that was a, that was a good, good, uh, good feeling as a dad, you know, sitting on the couch. Watching, watching your son play and, you know, obviously getting a bit nervous, you know, first time, he's 17 years old, playing, playing with, you know, some, some good players and, and like, men. And, and so you feel you feel that your boy is, you know, sometimes he's, he's, he's always home with us, you know, young <laughs> kid, but he's ready to go. So he's ready, ready to rock and roll. So I think he played the game. So I think he's done well for his first game with the with the with the seniors, and I guess yeah, it was a it was a good uh, good debut for him. Cass, you've had a big influence in his career. Obviously, um, apart from being being your boy, you've you coached him through your academy, and he's hopefully he's going to have a fantastic career as a professional footballer. As a human being, did you look at Bernardo as his football coach or as his dad, an emotional dad? How did you how did you do it? Yeah, well yeah, as you said, Val, you know, when, being honest, I I start when I started my academy back in two thousand fifteen, uh as soon as I left uh, United in the forty I started off that I started with, with Bernardo and I start with Enrique, my two boys. <laughs> so he was Bernardo's probably yeah, ten years old, eleven years old, ten years old, I guess. Yeah, Nick is like five years old. So it started off like that. That's how we kick it up. So before that, we always play, you know, play in the backyard, take him to parks and, and everything. Go back home to Brazil. They always give them an experience about playing with with cousins and friends, you know, yeah. food, all those things, which I think is, and they love it. So they they feel home as well. Yeah. So I, I thought, I thought. I, I have to give give him a bit of what I had when I when I when I play. 
Yeah. So I'll give you the best possibility once I see his, he, when he initially started with his touches. So I, I saw this guy, this kid's going to be the talent. So yeah. if he's going to make it or not in the next level, it's, we can't tell. Yeah. But everything's up to him, but I'll, I'll help him as much as I can yeah. if he, that's, that's his dream. Yeah. So in terms of getting, 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 being, being a, I don't see myself as a coach, not, not at all. Yeah. So I always tell him, now, once you start, uh, once, once you start, uh, sign a professional contract, when you start training, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the professional players. Yeah. And I think this is, uh, you still got to give it tips, you know, like, uh, I won't lie. So sometimes come home, he asks me a few things and I'll give the tips that I believe will help him. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, what the only thing I tell him is at the end of the day, when you do when you're on the football pitch training and, 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 and playing, it, it's you. I, I can't do anything for you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's intuition that you, that, that when especially in the front end, which is the area that he played the most. Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of intuition about, about football. So it's not only that robotic, you know, and mechanical work. Yeah. So and I think that's the best feeling of, of Bernardes. I think that's his strength. Yeah, well, it was actually pleasing to see that he's got his own mind, and and I see so many kids they, they they've come up either they they cause chaos and confusion like when they come on because they don't play to the team structure or they're too robotic. But Bernardo, I reckon, has got a good balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I think I think Ross and Carl and even I can uh, coach him and MPL, they have a, they had a big influence in him. Yeah. The last last six eight months. Yeah. And coming coming here to Adelaide. Yeah. So I think they know, especially knowing knowing him when he's young as well. So knowing the the type of player he is, so I think they 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 give him that that the perspective of the game of do you know like not do what you want but sort of you know just play your game. Yeah. So I believe yeah. I believe they they see that obviously. Not gonna work every game because you know once you play further, and then you see you know play against hard opponents, tough players, so things started getting harder for him yeah. because he's 17. Yeah. But but I believe when you when you have that sort of you know uh, uh, thing in you that you as a player that you, you you don't know as a defender myself, you, you don't know if the player's gonna go right and left. Yeah. It's very hard to defend. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I think you're right. There's a lot of players. A lot, especially you know, a lot has been, has been better. To be honest with the young one, but a lot of players playing that mechanical way, which is very, very robotic. Uh, yeah, you don't know, you yeah. don't know, and everyone knows what's coming. So. Exactly, and you know the other thing too, just with academies, and obviously, you've got a very good academy, and now Bernardo's coming out of it. Then you've got Cello Karuska's got an academy. Marcos Flores, Drago Klaic, you know, ex-professional. I think he used to play in Serbia, in in South Australia. I, I, I believe that you gentlemen are also going to play off in the tournament. You're gonna you're gonna pit each other together. Is that correct? And how? We, yeah. I, I think the other thing I want to get to as well, Cassio, is academies have been downplayed, especially in the importance of development. And and look at the people running academies now, like yourself, Flamengo. Cello played under twenties at Argentina, played in Galatasaray. Marcos Flores, Johnny Warren, medal winner, and obviously Drago, who was a ex professional out of Serbia. You can only pass on this information to children. So, 
Do you think you're being downplayed? And and how important is it to have that extra training? Uh, yeah. Well, again, again, Val. It's I I always try to pass on to the kids what I've learned. So, and I believe having having all of, all of these guys that you mentioned, and plus others that they got some like Adriano Pellegrino. I think he's got one as well. Yeah. So yeah. we got you, 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 we we can point like you know, around five, six, seven ex players that that run their own academy like myself. So I believe the kids get a lot of benefit uh, from it, which is uh, the last the last uh, the last uh, state teams from the thirteens, fourteens, and sixteens. I had twenty players coming to my academy. Well, so, so they're all pinching them from you. So you, yeah, you nurture well, them and then they take them. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's something that you, you can't do anything because, you know, oh, at the good. end of the that's day, yeah. the end of the day, you know, you, that's the kids, wanna, including my, my boys there as well. So you gotta, you got to, as long as we, as long as we give that information and uh, we want to run uh, our, our way, our academy, uh, I, I, I don't think the, the, that there are enough resources to support us. For example, my, in my view, the government should see that that myself and and, and, and you know Karuska, Flores and and Drago and all these guys are doing this good job, like having even a, over hundred kids. Some of us, yeah, and and we some of us got more kids than club, yeah. So if you think of that, and then I, if I mean from a government a sports guy and or a federation point of view, I'll say, hang on, these guys. They got a lot of kids. Some something good. They must be. They must be doing it. Yeah, exactly. So let's sit down. Let's sit down with these guys. Let's see what they can help. Because we can. We will help. Forget about clubs. Because the club is all community stuff. You know. Yeah. The club is not. It's not. I would say. I'll put this way. The club is not. Not too serious work. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. And man. then the club is more about cultural environment. Parents having fun with the kids. So that that we can be a game with the family, the friends. So we our work is purely training guys. That's it. So we don't care about you know all these uh, environment of weekends about having having beers and stuff. We're there simply to develop the kids yeah. for the country, for the state, and for the country. Uh, you know, down the track. Beautiful. So I believe, like I said to you guys, if if I thought about that, if you have someone, because uh, each one of us got something to give. So having people that the higher people looking at us a bit different, uh, thinking let let's sit down, let's see what we got. Yeah. And then I think it would be beneficial. I'm not saying beneficial for me, for me and, and for the other guys. I don't know about the others, but for me, it, it's purely the, the kids beneficial. So that it will be it will give back all to them because it, for us it's a, it's a work. We love doing that. I love doing this, but. At the same time, I, I can work in something else. So if we have a help, uh, more help in terms of, uh, you know, uh, licenses, academy license, which mm. is getting, we are getting there now. Like I mentioned about the tournament, we will play each other in terms of four, but, but a bit more endorsed in terms of uh, federation, uh, FFA, I would say. Yeah. And then it will be more respected. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I, I look forward to, actually, I watched a little bit last year of... Uh, the academies playing each other. It was good to see. It was really good to see. Hey, Cassio, uh, talking, about, talking about the uh, representing Australia and representing the country, your son Bernardo, when he uh, joined LA United in the media, 
there was mentioned that he could um he's eligible for both Australia and Brazil. What's the uh what's the likelihood we could see him representing uh Brazil? But is is Australia a bit more uh realistic? Yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. He's either he lives here. He Renato came over here. He's three years old. So as long as he's you know he's Brazilian in the blood, uh, he's Australia. That's what he knows. So we we go back often. Uh, not obviously not now because of the COVID, but yeah. we gotta go back often so he can keep the you know yeah. uh, the 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 roots with the family and and the country as well itself. But uh, but I believe if getting a situation. Uh, one day, how to choose, and then I don't know what he's going to do. Being honest, because if you, if you think of realistic scenario, you play for Brazil national team is something very unique. Oh, uh, absolutely. absolutely! I'm not absolutely. saying Australia is not. Australia is unbelievable. We love the country. I think he loves the country. He represented already the country in mm. under play for under 15, 16, yeah. but and he loved it. He, he played his heart there because that's the country he lives in and he represents. He, he probably, I can tell for, for, for him and for all of us, we, we love both countries the same way. Beautiful. He, but it's, uh, it's something now, I believe, Australia's probably in a, in, in, as a priority. But he's saying that, I, I've got approached like a month ago about about possibility of him coming for camp for Brazil National Team. Woo! Ooh, that's so, news-breaking, yeah. mate. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, when, when, uh, when was it going to happen? Well, I just, I mean... That was, I was approached by a guy that worked there. Yeah. So he just asked me questions about him. So about, you know, situation, what's the situation playing? So if that is a possibility coming uh, after the, the COVID and stuff, well, what's Gee. the situation? And then if, if you would be available, I said, look, let's play realistic. So yeah. get get the situation first, and then we we go from there. Yeah, you got you Beautiful. got a you got a dream, you know, Bernardo or Neymar one oh, day. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you know, we, we play real, now, you guys. We play we play real. Absolutely. So look, we got to play realistic because at the end of the day, he's not playing for Inter Milan, Juventus. Mm. He's not mm. playing for he's not playing for Flamengo. He's not playing for yeah. yeah. Uh, what Man United, which is. Hundred percent, this player will get picked if he's playing a little. Yeah. He's playing yet. He's yeah. playing for Leeds United, which is a great club. We absolutely love the club, love the state, but it's, it's a big distance, you know. Australia football yeah. uh, to European and Brazil mm. or Argentina. No, well said. So to get picked to Brazil national team, and I actually told him this that this uh, the guy just contacted me, but it's far away from happening. Absolutely. Well, so uh, I believe you got to be got to be prepared for one day comes, but don't get. Don't get uh, any expectations at all, you know. We can't wait to see what national team he plays for in the future. But in the meantime, we can't wait to see him wearing the red jersey a lot more for Adelaide United in the upcoming A-League. Cassio, it was a pleasure to chat with you and we uh, look forward to seeing you some more in the A-League. No, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Nice to you guys. Uh, we talk about real stuff. Good <laughs> on, Cassio. We're going to catch I haven't catch, caught up with you since COVID, man. Oh, I know, I know. It's you live crazy. down the road uh, now. You used to live in Melbourne. Come on, brother. <laughs> at least out of lockdown. My favourite Adelaide United player, by the way. Oh, he... by by 150 billion miles because he wears. He always wore his heart on his sleeve. Absolutely. Always used to talk to him anytime. And uh, but how about this? So Bernardo and Cassio created history. Richie Allegich and his boy. Yeah. How good was that? That was. 
also. That was unexpected from yeah. my point of view. Um, but that's good to, to see uh, Ethan and Richie Allegic. So, so they had two in one game off the bench, and that was in Adelaide United well, winning over the weekend. Well, as a, a young fan going to Adelaide United games, watching Richie and Cassio, now, uh, and I was roughly the same age as both of those kids um, as they were in the grandstand alongside me watching their dads play. It was good to watch them on the uh, on the other side of the pitch. Now, it's happened a lot in the uh, old NSL. Yeah. From, uh, I think, one of the first that I can recall, and, I mean, I haven't really studied it, was Andy Bartolo, who played for Adelaide City, who ended up being a police officer, um, and a good one at that, and played for Polonia, which yep. is Croydon Kings. His father, Charlie, represented Adelaide Juventus and also played for Australia back in the day in the 1950s. Then there was Jamie and Johnny Perrin at Adelaide City. Um, and Johnny Perrin, an absolute legend of the game. Nick and Lucas Pantelis, but that was different clubs. Nick Pantelis, an absolute legend of West Adelaide Hellas. And, and Lucas, I think, only played for... Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely correct in this one. I played for Adelaide City, so it was a different club. So there's been heaps of crossovers. The only father-daughter pairing that I can recall was Gary and Emily Van Egmond, and Emily's obviously Matilda, and uh, to play at international level for the Australian senior yep. football teams. Kim Schaefer, the daughter of 1974 World Cup player Manfred, and Manfred coached West Adelaide back in the day, St. George, and what a, what a legend of the game he was, or he still is. Um, and, and Kim played a couple of non-A international matches for the women's team. But it, it's a great achievement, and it must be such a buzz <laughs> yeah. to be a top-line professional. And Cassio, obviously, playing at Flamengo, yep. and he'll, he'll, he's legend for, you know, until the day or well, he'll, he'll keep going on. And seeing his son come up, and, and Bernardo a few years ago won the Australian player of the tournament back at uh, a national, you know, state teams tournament. So big future for him. Absolutely. And the kid, he's not a robot. He's good. He was really good. He's going to be a star for LA yeah, United, let's I hope reckon. he keeps it up. Absolutely. And uh, now we're going to chat with uh, Danny Townsend. Welcome to Congra for the 13th Westfield W League Grand Final as Sydney FC play host to the Melbourne victory in the second Big Blue decider in the history of this competition. And Teresa Polias on grand final day again goes long and off the crossbar and over. A fair bit of wind down there, um, so I'm sure that'll play a factor. Uh, the Westfield W League. Well, it's no longer now. It's under a brand new banner as the A-Leagues, A-League men, A-League women and A-League youth. And to talk all about this big announcement in Australian football is the Managing Director of the Australian Professional Leagues and the CEO of Sydney FC, Danny Townsend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Appreciate it. Now, Danny, it's uh, under one banner, and which is great. And I thought, why didn't this happen from day one? So what, what prompted the APL to bring it all together? Yeah, it's interesting, Val. We sort of looked, when we took the keys to the car in January from the FA, we sort of looked at how, how do we how do we really do things differently? And um, we, we sort of started by looking at the genesis of the A-League and, and said, where did it come from? What was the naming convention? What was the thinking behind it? And what we uncovered was probably, as you'd expect, it stands for Australia. Yeah. Australia's mm. best league. It stands for A, you know, A quality, the A, you know, the A pass for football the highest level of football in this country, which makes sense. Great. Then we looked at the 
the genesis of the W League, and it was a real simple one. W's, woman, first letter in the in the name of the gender, we'll call it the W League. Yeah. And I thought, well, hang on, if if, if A stands for Australia A grade equality, why does that only um, why does that only apply to the men? We we need to we need to address it, and that's where it started. And then we went through a, a bunch of research with different stakeholders, players, um, fans, members, lots of different people who unanimously sort of agreed with the notion that. The A is so important to our game, Australia, mm. and that should apply to both men, women, and youth. So that, yeah. that was that's where it started. So just moving forward, how, how do you think it will go with, uh, say, say copy, say a news newspaper report? So you got yeah. A League, and you got mm. it's there's no gender on it. How do you think journo yeah. is going to go? Oh, now I need to add the word men to to let well, people know I'm talking about the guys or, or women. How do you reckon yeah. that's going to go? Well, add another word to their word count. So it means I'll get their numbers up, don't they? Um, but no, I think, I think in, in, there's two sort of different scenarios, right? There's in situ where the logo is sitting on a shirt or in and around a, a fixture. Yeah. And the, the, the gender of the players in the pitch will define, you won't need to say A-League men yeah. when you're watching a men's game. Or you won't need to put an A-League men logo yeah. on the chest of, of uh, Craig Goodwood. But, yeah. but in, 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 in written form... Yeah, you're going to need to, to, to distinguish them, but they'll also get distinguished by their naming rights sponsor. Oh, okay. So when we when yeah. we close out their naming rights deals for all the leagues, the 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 league sponsor will also help define whether it's the men's competition or the women's competition. So there's a bunch mm. of different ways it'll work through. And I think, like all things, you know, I, I had a chat this morning with someone around the logo, and logos are always things that polarise people. It's like oh, I hate it, I love it. You know, yeah. that's just of design but yep. i remember back when the juventus logo was changed and i was i was horrified i was like that is ridiculous. so was i i'm a yeah, right? fan <laughs> i'm sure you are and and i look back at that and then you look at it now and you go it's probably one of the most progressive club logos mm, in the world yeah. and it wins awards right and yeah. we're all used to it now and then you look yeah. back at the old one and you go geez that was pretty pretty ordinary old um, yeah. yeah so so i think yeah with these things they grow on you and and I think yeah, we're we're comfortable with where it's all ended, but we're excited about the what the future holds. So it's, just, it's all good. Just with the logo, it's it's copped good and bad on social media, and, and yeah. some you know how first before we get into you know who's bagging it or, or whatever yeah. and liking it, how how did it come about? How did this grow? Yeah, like all type of um, logo design, you go through a brief, and and Rob Nolan, our head of marketing. Um, put together a fantastic brief. We, we we put it out to a bunch of agencies, and and we got a bunch of really really interesting responses, really different ones, frankly. And and this one, you know, I think you, you can't look at the logo in isolation. What you've got to look at the how the logo will play out in in reference to a broader campaign, which we will launch in time. So the, this is mm. this is the first step of a campaign. And um, what what really nailed it for us was that the logo, and then what you see with the way we will use the logo and the way we'll bring mm. that to life in a campaign will make sense. And, and I think you know, when you look back on these little small steps that we make, when we get to the end outcome, you'll look back and go, ah, that makes sense. I understood why they did that. Yep. So I think that'll all come to bear uh, later in the year as we get closer to the start of the season. We saw the um, a leak of the logo earlier in the week. And to, I be, didn't see it. to be honest, I um, wasn't a big fan when I first saw it. But I, after the announcement yesterday and seeing it properly with the right... Um, in the right colours and the right way, um, I actually am a big fan of it now because it it just broadens the whole thing. But the one thing that's a little bit confusing for me is the A leagues. Do we refer yep. what um, what way do we refer to the A leagues 
Um, is there any particular, is it just a, a general term that we're going to use for all leagues? Yeah, when we're talking about the collective professional game in Australia, we are the A-leagues. It's the A-leagues. It's a collective of leagues. Yep. When we're talking about a singular league, you drop the S, and it's the A-league men, A-league women, A-league youth. And like I said, after over time, our, our re- requirement to, to differentiate between the gender will probably start to slip away. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it, look, it's going to take some adjustment like all things, but you know, that's, that's something that we, we're really keen to do is change things. We can't keep doing the same thing in football and hope something changes for the good. We've got to make that change, and this is just one of the many changes we're going to make. Yep. And, uh, well, now they're all under one banner, the next step that I think that will be great to see is that the uh, A-League men, A-League women have the exact same amount of games per season. Is that something we're going to see in the next five or so years? Yeah, absolutely. We've we've got the roadmap to, to get to expanding the league to mean that every every A Leagues club has a men's and women's team. You've seen the launch of the, the, the A Leagues Club Championship, which is I think an initiative that's gonna be really popular. And then ultimately we, we want to get to a point where um, the A Leagues women are playing home and away at a minimum and then going on to, to play as, as a length of a season uh, that mirrors the men. That that's absolutely gotta be the goal. Um, we we we're not suggesting right now that the competition structure is is optimised or adequate, and um, that's that's part of the roadmap we've got in place. Uh, for the first time ever, Canberra is uh, part of the A leagues in general. But are we going to see an A league men for them in the near future? Look, you know, there, there's a lot of merit in that uh, approach, but we've we've gone through um, a bunch of different strategic projects the last six months since we've had control and expansion's a big one, and it's one that's going to take a lot of work. The way you go about expansion mm-hmm. is really important, and you know we've got a strategic view to how we want to expand the game. And like I said, Canberra's definitely on the list of of um, of, of geographies to consider because for us, this is about bringing our game into a geography that's going to grow the commercial value of the sport. Mm. And, and that's not about who's going to write us the biggest check, yeah. which, which was possibly the, the previous um, way of going about expansion. This is going to be about who's going to bring more value to the game, who is going to bring more fans into our sport, and how, how are they going to be as business partners? Because ultimately, that's what they are. The beauty of this structure is that we're all in yeah. business together. 12 Club. Now, Danny, so, so some very good steps happening with the APL Obviously, 10 Paramount's another good one, and I can't wait for the A-League coverage to actually start. Um, yep. It's sort of tiptoed in with the FFA Cup or the FA Cup. Also, you've, you sign a really good guy from uh, Fox and Optus, Richard Bayless, to head up the digital channel. The, the, now, this is something which I'm passionate about because obviously we've got News Corp newspapers in South Australia. I haven't read a line about Adelaide United beating anyone Olympic. I don't think I'll see that either. They beat uh, Jean Deloup in uh, WA last night. Mm-hmm. The coverage is limited, and I speak to a lot of people about and 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 they're annoyed that you know it it got shrunk from being daily to to yeah. nothing. And yeah. I, I'm probably you know what do they say when you talk bad about something? I'm probably chewing my nose off to spite my face. I could get in trouble here, <laughs> yeah. but. There's a hole to be filled because you you take the game away from people's faces, and you've got to go search for them to come back. How, yep. how are we going to do that? Yeah, look, it's a good point. Yeah, there is a vacuum at the moment in how the game is covered. Uh, the mainstream mastheads have backed away from it um, because we've allowed ourselves to be pushed to the extremities of sporting culture in Australia, yeah. and the more traditional heritage sports like AFL and rugby league and cricket dominate 
the newspapers or, yeah. or the digital channels and and we've got to change that and and you will see with the launch of our our digital infrastructure and platform um before the start of the season yeah we have i think i've said it before we've we're investing over 30 million dollars in a complete digital and data wow. infrastructure transformation yeah. like that that is going to change the way football fans consume football in australia and that's not just the home of australian football that's australia's home of football so we're going to be covering all football the premier league you know the la liga the Serie A, the npl the uh, A League. Oh, so gee, so you're going right across. Oh, that's great. That's great because yeah. because you, it really needs a good home for everybody. Mm. The game, totally, does. Yeah. Yeah. and that's where Rich Bayless comes in, right? We we yeah. looked at what are we going to do if we're going to be the biggest and best content machine for football in Australia. Yeah, how are we going to do that? It takes expertise, and Rich did a fantastic job with Optus Sport, and I think you know everyone can see the results of his work there. Mm. Yeah, he he saw the project that that we were putting together with APL Studios and went. I, I want to do that. I want to work for a football business building a product for football people. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's building out a, a really amazing content strategy that will come to light um, in the next month or so. Great. Beautiful. We can't wait to, uh, to consume all that content very soon as football fans. Thanks for joining us, Danny. It's a big uh, big week in Australian football and we can't wait for the, uh, the A-Leagues to kick off in the next uh, few months. Pleasure, fellas. Thanks for having me. This is Danny Townsend, the Managing Director of the Australian Professional Leagues. <laughs> Hill sending it wide. They do have this threat on the counter-attack. Cristiano with the ball in. Oh, what a story. Yachi Boev gives Sheriff the lead. Yachi Boev having an inexplicable amount of room. Courtois has a really poor clearance. Till. Extraordinary! He will never strike one cleaner. He will never hit one that's more important. Real Madrid one. Sheriff Tiraspol two. In the closing moments of the game. There you have it, the biggest upset in the Champions League. Val, what no, it would have to be the biggest in international club football this year, for sure. Well, I mean, a club <laughs> for Moldova, and everyone actually were laughing when, when the draw came out about this little club. Sheriff. Called Sheriff or Sheriff. <laughs> They're now topping the group, and they beat Real Madrid at home at, at the Bernabeu. It's fantastic to see. And that's what we love about uh, football, those international right. tournaments. And All of a sudden, these players for Sheriff are going to be million-dollar bargain buyers, I think, for, for clubs looking at getting some good talent because I didn't I only saw the highlights of that match, but they got some pretty good players. But, um, yeah, the Champions League played over the last... I, I'm actually in love with the Champions League. It's the pinnacle of club football for me. And this morning I watched uh, Juventus beat the, the, the actual uh, reigning... Champions League holder Chelsea one nil in uh, a, a pretty Dow game, but Juve held out to, to win one nil. How about Cristiano Ronaldo two one winners for Man U over Villarreal? It's one one. I thought I flicked over. I thought oh, it's going to end one one. Guess who pops up ninety seventh minute? Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> who who else? And then the the, the big shock Barcelona. 
getting belted, absolutely belted in Lisbon by Benfica 3-0 three, three and uh, their boss, Kerman's under so much pressure at the moment. He got asked a question by good journos who are unafraid to ask questions like that. What's going to happen now with yep. your future? And he said it's up to uh, the directors. What do you make of the uh, the Champions League coverage here in Australia? Because we spoke about Paramount Plus, brand new in the uh, footing football landscape yeah. in Australia, but also Stan Sport, brand new in the football landscape as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good because uh, I, I enjoyed it on uh, Optus where you could flick Yep. games and watch, you know, you could watch extended highlights, you could watch a mini-match or the total match, and uh, you can do the same on Stan. It's good. It's Great good. And also the talent they've got there as well, Craig Foster, Bosnich, and also Max Rushton. Yeah, I haven't well, tuned so. in to watch those guys, because I yep. go straight to, straight to what the I want to see. Yep. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's plenty happening in the game of football. Just, just there's, there's a rumour that's coming, not a rumour, it's actually being confirmed by a club official um, that there's something happening with MPL clubs around the around the country, yeah. which, uh, according to this club official, he hates it. It's and and they're not going to be what, part of it. What is this rumor? It's, so it's a national one or just a local? It's a national one for MPL clubs right across the country. So FFA or Football Australia uh, are trying to hit clubs up for license fees. It's. Now, the revenue directly from A-League clubs has disappeared because obviously the A-League clubs have got the APL. Yep. So, I mean, that part of that fee goes now to the FA. They've lost a big chunk of money. And uh, it looks like FA are going to have a big fight on their hands with this one. Well, we'll keep an eye out for this one here. But Val, any other topics for this week? Oh, there's plenty, but I don't want to go through them. Don't want to go through them? <laughs> Fair enough. That's enough for now. Uh, it's been a big show today, Val. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to you about all the football. Yeah, no, it's been great, man. It's been great. Can't wait for some more FFA Cup action as well with the, all those fixtures that will be coming out for the round of 16. Uh, that's the Real Football Show with Johnny and Val.